I am in a brown van with a stranger. He is a black male, standing six foot six with a southern accent, and I have a habit of calling him dad. We've met before. Actually, we've been meeting on and off all my life. This is the first time I've met him again in four years, and I'm a grown woman with a million little girl questions bubbling inside of me like, do you think you know anything about me? I wanted to question the name he chose for me, Joyce. Why he named me after the woman he married after he divorced my mother? Why didn't he marry her instead? But for some reason, I find myself wanting to protect his feelings. We drove from Oakland, California after hearing about the death of my Aunt Teresa. I agreed to the road trip because I thought a funeral would complement the nature of my questions. My father has the unfortunate task of burying his sister, and I am wondering whether or not I should emotionally bury my father. This man who had my wit in full lips. This man whose singing voice reminded me of why I love Sam Cooke. This man whose temper placed my mother in emergency rooms. The engine is loud in this old brown van, and the air is long and empty like a hallway where the slightest sound carries a weighty echo. I stare at my father as he nods to the 60s music on the radio and begin by asking questions I already know the answer to. Was it this hot in Louisiana when you were a boy? Was it this hot? Is it Louisiana? Hell can't dream of a hotter heat like the one I grew up picking cotton in. Filling up that 12-foot sack as heavy as I could and wrestling blood-sucking bugs and flies on a hungry stomach. <laughs> Shoot. His bulky knuckles loosely gripping the steering wheel. The fluctuations in his voice and dramatic facial expressions when he's in the meat of a story. So much like me. I bumped along to the road's rhythm in the hot van, fanning myself and scraping my belly for a positive conversation. What was your childhood like? What did you like to do the most? I asked. I like to do anything I could get away with doing. I wouldn't say I was a bad child, but you couldn't have convinced my daddy that. Seemed like the sun didn't work right if I wasn't beat before it went down. Every inch of schooling I could get, I took it because so many of my friends and cousins wasn't allowed to go. Their parents needed them to help in the fields, but I got to go to school, and I made sure I finished. He was proud now. I could see him smiling from his insides. My school was the first in Louisiana to get integrated, the very first. And that happened when I was almost done. I could feel the energy relaxing between us. He seemed just as eager as me to have something to fill the air besides sweat and awkwardness. For Louisiana during that time, it was horrible. Worst time in my life. Around my senior year of high school, I was working in a potato field, picking and stacking potatoes. <laughs> See, you got it better than I did, baby girl. How so? Well, see, you grew up in California. Never had to sweat in the field. I always wanted that for my kids. And you got a daddy who can say he loves you without a flinch or a blink. I'm hungry, I responded. It's just what came out at the time. I didn't even know if I was really hungry or not. We stopped at an old wooden place that looked like it used to be a house. You about to have the best catfish sandwich of your life, my father grins. I believe it, I smiled, because I've never had a catfish sandwich before. He looked at me like I'd slapped him. Well, you in for a treat. Normally I get two, but you've been eating like a rabbit since we left L.A., so I know your stomach can't hold but one. Mine can hold what yours can hold. Is that a bet? I reflect his evil-eyed charm back to him and say, No, it's a promise. 
So we set up our catfish burger serious and had a race. We both focused, held our burger, leaned back in our posture the same exact way. I won the competition. I asked my father if he wanted the fries. Nah, he says. If I don't eat them while they hot, I usually don't eat them. I'm the same way, I confessed. You know, I brought you here because when I was a little boy, there was another owner. But the recipe for the catfish sandwich was the same. I remember walking past and smelling the fish frying and coming in to get one. The guy at the counter took my money and told me to go round back to get my food. I told him to give me my money back. Took everything in me not to kill him. Then he confessed. Joyce, I've had a hard life. Anything good I got and still have came from God. That includes my children. I owe you an apology. But I look at you, and it's hard for me to regret anything. You turned out just fine. I smiled. Thank you. That's all I said. We went to the funeral where I met at least a hundred more versions of myself. We visited for two days in Monroe, Louisiana, before my father said it was time for us to get back on the road. We talked. He told me about his aspirations of being a photographer, and I told him about my collections of scrapbooks. We came to the Louisiana cusps, and he suddenly pulled the van over to the side of a cotton field. Okay, baby girl, here's your chance. I gave him a confused look as he opened the passenger door and motioned for me to get out. Come on now, here's your chance to pick cotton. You said you couldn't imagine doing it. Well, now you ain't got him. I think those pretty hands of yours should know what it feels like. I grabbed the Louis Vuitton bag my mother got me for Christmas. I put on my heels and sashay towards the cotton field. My father laughs and runs to go get his camera, and he is snapping away. My index and thumb bounce against the cotton bulb. Hey, there's seeds in here, I yell. Uh, yeah, sweetie, that's why the cotton gin was invented a very long time ago. I look at the prickly stalk holding the cotton and stare at a shadeless field under a hot sun. Can I take some as a souvenir, I ask? Yeah, take a couple handfuls, but you better hurry up. This ain't my cotton. Oh, shoot. You think somebody's gonna call the cops? No, baby girl, this is the South. A white man gonna come out and hand you a 12-foot sack and yell at you to keep picking. We both laugh hysterically. I collect the cotton and get back into the van. We told enough coming-of-age and pool hall stories to write an anthology. I never asked him any of the pressing questions. I didn't need to. By the time we got back to point B, I concluded to love him. I stood straight up in a field. Looking around trying to find me some shade. Now that was Joyce Lee, two-time Oakland Grand Slam poetry champion, storyteller, and you know what? I've got a secret. I know she doesn't want me to tell anybody. I can't help it. She shouldn't have told me in the first place. See, Joyce Lee, it's going to be a while. It's going to be a while. I understand. But Joyce Lee is working on a music album. And let me say it loud and proud. It is amazing. I can't wait for everyone to hear it. And I don't know when it's coming out. It's going to be a while, but I'm angling. I'm talking to her people and having her people talk over here. You know, we here at Snap Judgment want to be the first to play it. You are listening to Snap Judgment. And to hear more stories, visit snapjudgment.org.